Hello, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast, What in the World? This is a podcast where we discuss all things Mother Nature. I'm your host, Griffin Smith, recording live from Blaine, Washington. Today, we're going to be talking about an issue um, that I'm sure many of you are familiar with, um, and that issue is sharks and the shark population. Um, So without further ado, let's get started. Um, So most scientists believe that sharks came to exist over 400 million years ago. That's 200 million years before dinosaurs and long before trees. It's thought that sharks descended from a small leaf-shaped fish that had no eyes, fins, or bones. Um, So they're essentially just a blob floating around in the ocean, um, shaped like a leaf. Um, these leaf-shaped fish then evolved into two main groups. Bony fish, which are um, most of the fish that we know today, basically, a fish with bones. Um, and then the cartilaginous fish, um, which includes sharks, skates, rays, and chimera. Um, and that's the group that we're going to be talking about today, seeing as we are focusing on sharks. Fossil documents have recorded that over 3,000 different species of sharks have existed. Um, It's likely that there were more, but have disappeared and been lost in history. Sharks have always dominated the food chain um, in the ocean setting, but for a brief time they were joined by other huge marine reptiles, such as the Mosasaurus and Plesiosaurus. They were also or they did also, share the ocean with the Megalodon, which I'm sure many of you are familiar with. The Megalodon um, is extinct. It was essentially a gigantic shark. Um, Some could reach over 60 feet long. Um, That's a pretty big shark, and I would not want to encounter that. Um, However, sharks, today's sharks, are the only group to survive to modern day Um, And that's saying a lot, seeing as they were alive before trees. So, how have sharks survived until today? Sharks are highly skilled and effective hunters. They have six highly refined senses. Um, Those senses include smell, hearing, taste, sight, and electromagnetism. Um, So now... Let's just go over these senses very briefly, Um, but before we do, I'm just going to grab a drink of water and I'll be right back with you guys. Alright, I am back and ready to go over these shark senses with you guys. Um, So let's go ahead and begin with smell. Sharks are extremely sensitive to smell. Um, I'm sure you've all heard that saying that sharks can detect blood from miles and miles and miles away. Um, While that is not entirely true, it is somewhat true. Um, Sharks are said to be able to smell one part blood to one million parts water. That's about equal to one teaspoon um, in one average size swimming pool. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I would for sure say that that's a lot. Um, So hopping over to the next one, it's going to be hearing. Um, Sharks have an acute sense of hearing, and they're very sensitive to low-frequency signals. This helps them out a lot when they're in the ocean, swimming around, listening for all those sounds. Um, Next one is going to be touch. Sharks have many nerve endings underneath their skin, which gives them a heightened sense of touch um, and allows for them to probe around in the sand. 
um, and feeling around for their prey and anything else that they might bump into. Some sharks have a barbell on their nose, which like I previously stated, um, that allows for them to probe around in the sand um, and look around and feel out that prey um, much, much more easier. Sharks' teeth are also very sensitive. They have many nerve endings in their teeth as well. Um, without hands, sharks will use their teeth to test bite and learn more about an object. Um, seeing as sharks are very curious, this is a common thing which can cause problems um, as a test bite could be considered a fatal shark attack to humans. Mo moving on to the next one is going to be taste. So I didn't actually have a lot for taste because taste is the only one that doesn't um, help sharks um, in finding and catching and hunting down their prey. Um, while taste is an important sense to the sharks, it's not going to help them catch their next meal. Moving on to sight. Um, so sharks actually have a very unique thing um, and their eyes are positioned on the side of their head. So in mother nature in the wild a lot what we're gonna see um, when an animal has their eyes positioned on the sides of their head um, it's because they are a prey animal they're an animal that gets hunted on by the predators um, and the reason for this is because they have these eyes located on either side of their head um, it's going to give them a very very good 360 degree view of everything around them so sharks are actually very lucky in having this skill and being a predatory animal. Um, although they do have very good sight, their sight isn't actually their dominant sense until about until they are about 15 meters from an object. So basically what that means is that the shark's eyesight is not going to be the thing that is aiding them in the hunt until they are pretty close to their prey. The final sense um, save the best for last, is electromagnetism. So these are basically um, a jelly-type organ, a jelly-filled organ-type thing um, that sits in the snout area of the shark. Um, and so these are, are extremely sensitive and can detect even the faintest of electrical fields in the water. Um, so these are very useful. Hammerheads use these to find prey that's completely buried under the sand. Um, this is great because hammerheads are known for eating lots and lots of rays, um, and those are often found underneath the sand. So even if they do not have the best eyesight, they're going to be able to find those prey very quickly, very efficiently. As you can see, these predators are highly skilled and highly developed. They're quick and efficient hunters, which heightens their survival rate. So, moving on, we are now going to talk about what role sharks play in the ecosystem. Let's get started. So, as apex predators, sharks do play a very important role in our ecosystem. By maintaining the species below them in the food chain, sharks are serving as an indicator to our ocean's health. They remove the weak and the sick, as well as keep balance with competitors, helping to ensure species diversity. They make sure that prey is grazing all over areas and not just heavily in one spot. Um, so basically what I mean by that is 
with having the sharks around, they are um, keeping a little bit of fear um, in these these herbivorous fish. Um, and so basically that means that these fish, these herbivorous fish, are going to be grazing all around, moving all around um, in order to keep away from the sharks. And in by doing that, they are grazing all over and not just heavily in one spot. Um, this helps by maintaining all the algae that could be around the coral and um, essentially, if it gets too much, smothering the coral. Um, so you could say sharks indirectly maintain seagrass and coral reef habitats. Moving on, let's talk about how shark loss is affecting our ecosystem. Um, so this is basically the main point. This is, this is the big part of the story. Um, so let's dive right in. The loss of sharks has led to a decline in coral reefs, seagrass beds, and the loss of commercial fisheries. By taking sharks out of our ecosystem, the larger predatory fish, such as groupers, increase in numbers and begin preying on the smaller herbivorous fish. Um, that might not sound like a huge deal, but like I said earlier, the herbivorous fish are very important. So with less herbivorous fish, macroalgae expands and coral reef can no longer compete against the algae. They're being smothered by the algae and they just can't stay alive. Um, so which then ultimately leads to loss of coral reefs. And the sad part is, is that this is humans' fault. 80% um, of all life on Earth resides in the ocean. Um, so by humans affecting the ocean so drastically, we are drastically affecting all life on Earth. Humans are the biggest predators to sharks. It's estimated that humans kill 100 million sharks per year. That's equal to about 200 sharks per minute, which is over three every single second. And 20 to 30 percent of all sharks are close to extinction. Um, out of the current 470 species, 2.4% are critically endangered, 3.2% are endangered, 10.3% are vulnerable, and 14.4% are near threatened. Famous species such as the great white shark and the whale shark are vulnerable species. Critically endangered species include the great hammerhead shark, dagger nose shark, sawback angle shark, smoothback angle shark, and angleback shark, along with 20 other species. In the last decades, some species populations have decreased by 90% and others up to 70%. The main culprit of this is commercial fishing. It's estimated that 50 million sharks are killed each year due to bycatch. This is when commercial fishing boats throw out huge nets intended to catch fish, but collect other unwanted creatures such as sharks, dolphins, porpoises, rays, turtles, whales, and other creatures. Sharks are often caught because they're hunting the fish that we are fishing for. These sharks are sometimes thrown back into the ocean, but oftentimes they die in the process of bringing these huge nets out of the water, and sometimes they're outright killed. Shark fin soup is a delicacy in China and is served at important events, so they are hunted for their fins specifically. Shark finning, which is the process that um, is used to get these fins for the shark fin soup, um, is basically the process in which thousands of sharks are captured 
and gathered while still alive, having their fins chopped off and their bodies getting thrown away. There's also black market ships that very illegally overfish the ocean. Um, this problem is most common on the high seas. Um, these are international waters that fall between jurisdictions and belong to no one. This makes it very hard to enforce the rules there. But there are steps that we are taking. Um, so most fishing boat vessels carry a box on them um, that connects to the AIS, which is the automatic identification system, basically like air control um, for airplanes. In 2014, some satellite companies um, paired with Google to create the Global Fishing Watch. Um, in doing this, they were able to create a list of vessels that were strictly fishing in the high seas, um, but that was just step one. Step two was finding the companies that hired them and the companies that were profiting from them. They then published a list of companies who had the most high sea vessels. The top company was Pacific Fishing and Supply. In the end, just being able to see that they were in the high sea majority of their time doesn't make them guilty, but it is fishy, no pun intended. Work like this is good in being able to track down companies and scare them back into following the rules. There's also a huge, huge problem with um, present day slaves in the high seas. Um, I'm not gonna dive too deep into that. If you want to do that on your own, um, that's perfectly fine, but it is a huge problem. Today's sharks face an uncertain future full of risks in a world troubled by um, environmental problems. If the extinction rate increases considerably, the seas may be without sharks in a few years, bringing an enormous number of environmental consequences with this. But there is still time to make a change. So what can we do? There are many ways that we can help sharks, and I'm just going to go ahead and list a few things. First, we can start by keeping sharks off the menu. It's both irresponsible and unhealthy to serve shark meat. This is because shark meat has been shown to carry levels of toxic metals, such as mercury, that far exceeds what is allowable for human consumption. A recent article demonstrates that sharks can also carry the dangerous and often fatal marine toxin, ciguatoxin. Eating a single piece of ciguatoxin-contaminated fish can be lethal for humans, and in the case described in this paper, it caused the death of 11 people in Madagascar who ate the meat of a contaminated bull shark. That's 11 people dead from one shark. As you can see, why would we want to eat this? It, it could literally kill you, and we need to keep the shark population up. Let's all do our part and not eat shark meat. It's not that hard. And honestly, you're probably benefiting yourself. Sharks eat so many things that we wouldn't want in our system, so why would we eat them? This is especially a big deal for pregnant women and women who could be pregnant. You can also educate yourself and others. The more we know, the harder it is for large corporations to keep doing what they're doing and getting away with it. Educate your friends, your family members, yourself. It's so important to know the facts and know information. There are also many campaigns and companies that you can donate to to help protect sharks. I would advise, though, always do your research and know that the company you are supporting is, in fact, a reputable company. So, those are just a few steps that you can take starting today to help our oceans. And that's the end of this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of What in the World. I know I sure did.
Again, I'm your host, Griffin Smith, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace out.